Yesterday, uh, Ari and I became parents of a 21-year-old, which is hard to, hard to believe, yeah? Um, is that Missy or Ari? I think that was Missy. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, you do what you do and all that. I was remembering when Caleb was born and... Um, the, you know, he, he was born, and I was, I had no idea what we were doing, and um, there was this moment where he was taken to, where they take him to kind of check him out, he's screaming, um, and I walked over to where he was, and I just said his name, and he just quieted We'd talk to him, right, lots when he was in Ari's stomach, whatever you call it. Um, and uh, it, was a, it was one of those kind of like um, sacred moments, like, oh, wow, there, this, is, this is what life, this is, this is what life's about. This is the divine. very ordinary stuff of babies being born. 20 years ago, I was, we were visiting friends up in Susanville, California, and we, had, we, would, we were trying to figure out if we we're going to stay kind of where I was as a youth pastor or do something different um, in terms of ministry. And I could, we were, we were, Susanville is up like near Lake Tahoe. It's like beautiful kind of wilderness space. And I had we were with some friends and I had kind of like tucked out to do some scripture reading and I was reading Psalm 34 or 31 and the gist of it is like this, this movement from a time of kind of distress and um, challenge and that this, the psalmist writes that God, you, you, you've been my refuge and you've taken me and placed me in a broad place. Psalm 18 talks about that, Psalm 31. And it was just this moment of the scriptures for me, like a strong sense of, oh yeah, something new is coming. Something different is, is going to take place. Um, a broad place um, is, is out in front of you. God can speak to us and counter us in all sorts of different ways, modes, mediums. Um, through creation, through the scriptures, through one another. And, and what we want to do over the next few weeks as we move through the end of what's called ordinary time um, in the church calendar is we want to we invite ourselves to be thinking about encountering God, opening ourselves up to these moments in our lives where, where, where God... Um, where we're aware of God's presence um, in the very ordinary things of our lives. The, the gospel stories, um, at their very core, right, is about that, is, is about God encountering us in Jesus of Nazareth. Um, and as we read the, the gospel stories, they're just so, like, common and, like, kind of in the day-to-day -day life of, of, of life, right? Jesus is a, is a friend. He's, he eats and he, and he drinks with people. 
he plays in, with people, he, he breaks Sabbath with people, he, he does kind of normal stuff of life. Um, and yet later letters, testaments to who he is and was, is that he is the one who holds all things together. That he is the fullness of God, the fullness of humanity. Um, that the friend of sinners is the one who makes all things new. Um, and so what we wanted, and, and these, the art prompts for Miranda is a, is a passage in, in Ephesians that talks about Jesus and being the fullness of God. And for Belkis, it was a passage in Colossians chapter 1 um, with some of these themes too. So what we want to do is we want to hold these art, these art pieces up um, throughout the series and we want to look at these kind of like common everyday stories of the Gospels as a way to maybe like put on some lenses for ourselves or open up our hearts or whatever God wants to do in us um, that we might be open to encountering God maybe in new ways, um, fresh ways, um, both as individuals um, but also as a church. Um, Maybe I'll get that from you, Matt. Thanks. Uh, to encounter is to unexpectedly experience or be faced with something. Uh, it's to an unexpected or casual meeting with someone or something. And the Gospels are full of stories where people, like ordinary people like you and me, are, are encountering God in this way. Um, Today we're going to look at a story from Luke chapter 5. Oh, just a minute, I'm going to... Um, right before this story, Jesus has been baptized. He's been tempted in the wilderness. Um, he's preached his first sermon. It didn't go so well. They tried to kill him afterwards. Um, he got away, thankfully. Um, he's done some healings. He's had time alone. Um, he's being sought out by crowds. And, and we come to the story that we're going to read, going to read together. So what I want to do is I want to read this story and I want to invite you to have that lens of like, what, what might this story open us up to, me up to, in terms of ways God encounters us, places God encounters us. And we're just going to kind of walk through that and reflect on that together a little bit. One day, Jesus was standing beside Lake Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee. When the crowd pressed in around him to hear God's word, Jesus saw two boats sitting by the lake. The fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets. Jesus boarded one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and then asked him to row out a little distance from the shore. Jesus sat down, taught the crowds from the boat, when he had finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, Row out farther into the deep water. Drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, uh, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I'll drop the nets. So they dropped the nets and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. 
They filled both boats so full that they were about to sink. When Simon Peter saw the catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. Peter, Simon, and those with him were overcome with amazement because of the number of fish they caught. James and John, Zebedee's sons, were Simon's partners, and they were amazed too. Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And as soon as they brought the boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. As you sit with this story, there's some, I don't know, some dynamics that are, I don't know if they're comical or if they're troubling or... Or, or what, but um, we've got Jesus, he comes to the lake, this crowd is following him, and he sees two boats, and those who are kind of working on the boats are ashore, washing nets, the day is done, right, who knows what they're feeling at that moment, who knows what they're thinking, we don't know if until later that they've caught nothing, we don't know if this is just uh, one of those days, or this is a trend. We have no idea. But they're, they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus just gets onto one of the boats. Um, and it's the one that belongs to Simon. And he says, hey, why don't you row out a distance for me? I wonder what Simon thought there. I mean, he did it. It's the end of the day. It might not have been the first thing he wanted to do. Um, but he did it. And he rows out a little bit. And Jesus begins to teach the crowds. And that's really all we know about that part. Um, and he finishes speaking to the crowds and says to Simon, like, row out a little further into the deep water. This traveling carpenter telling this presumably experienced fisherman, hey, just go out a little further. As if they hadn't been there all day long, right? Um, who knows what Simon was thinking? Um, uh, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I'll, I'll drop the nets. And then the rest of the story, this abundant catch that brings people together to, to, to gather it and bring it in. What is a story like this? What might it kind of reveal to us about what encounters or where God encounters us? First off, I'm really struck by the, just the kind of like obvious, right? That God in Christ encounters Simon in what he does day to day. I mean, this is his day to day. Um, and each of our day-to-days look so different. But this was his day-to-day. Um, he was a fisherman. And so his work is this place, his labor, his day-to-day efforts is this place where God engages him. Um, he's on the shore, or at least presumably his friends are on the shore, cleaning nets, doing basic stuff. Um, again, they finished fishing for the day. 
This was their skill set. This was their expertise. This was what they did. Um, so there's that layer to, to God's engagement with him in, in this story. Kind of connected to that, though, and below that is that this was not just kind of his day-to-day labor or, or what, he, what his activities were, but this was also kind of the day-to-day people he was around, right? The other fishermen, James and John, and others that are noted. Simon is with them. They're, they're cleaning up for the day. Presumably, they're all frustrated because they've caught nothing. Um, and in the space of community and working together, they encounter God. They meet, they meet God in Christ. And then maybe even like a touch deeper level than that is, again, this is like who they, this is what they do. Um, this is what they've been trained to do. Uh, likely, this is what their parents did, right? This is a, a generationally taught trade that many of them, maybe most of them, um, did every day of their life for multiple generations. Um, so this is like a, an identity piece to a lot of them. It's um, how they understand themselves in the world. God needs them there. And their day-to-day efforts and their day-to-day relationships and their kind of self-understanding. God in Christ shows up and engages with them and encounters them in that place. There's also a sense that as God is doing that, as Christ is doing that, God is also encountering or engaging their hopes, right? There's some reason they trust what Jesus is saying, right? There's some reason they do what Jesus says to do, at least Simon does, um, go out on the water. I think it's because Jesus is tapping into this longing that they've had for, for a new way of being in the world. God encounters us in these places. In our day-to-day, whatever that is, walking through high school corridors and um, having lunch at tables with friends, um, different places we might work or spend our day um, at home. Whatever our day-to-day is, I think this passage wants to invite us to say, like, God, there's there's opportunities for the encountering of of God in our our day-to-day lives. In our our relationships and in our community, people we we do our day-to-day with, whether that's people in workplaces, in our households, extended family, friends, people from church, whoever that might be, there's an invitation here to, to open up our hearts and lives. Like, what is God doing in those relational spaces? And our own sense of identity, our own sense of who we are. I'm a fisherman. That's who I am, Simon might say. I have this skill set and hobby. This is who I am. I I do this work of parenting every day. This is 
who I am right now. I, I work here and I, and, I, and I put in my time and my efforts and this is, this is my day-to-day. God, God wants to encounter us. And I think those places. When he had finished speaking to the crowds, Jesus said to Simon, row out farther into the deep water. Drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but because you say so, I'll I'll drop the nets. Again, I just wonder what Simon felt in this moment. Um, I think I would be so frustrated if I was as tired as I imagined him being at the end of the day. Um, I just would want to be home. I'd already got my nets clean, um, or was in process of that. This is what I do. I'm a fisherman. Again, who is this traveling carpenter with lots of great ideas to tell me what to do right now? Uh, and yet Jesus takes him into the deep, the deep water. As I, as I thought about this story, I, I think about my own life and stories of others that I know. Sometimes it's in It's in the deep places of life that God does indeed encounter us. Um, Times of introspection and and whatever brings that about. Maybe it's transition in life. Uh, I am almost 48 years old. Uh, I know I look much fill in the blank. No. Uh, I'm starting to hear different friends who are in, a different, in the same kind of age group as me. Not me, of course, but other friends. Definitely me, too. The midlife realities, like, oh, this is what, like, midlife crisis, midlife questions, midlife wonderments is all about. Midlife feelings and emotions. Um, it can take you into a deep place where you think about what life has been you think about how much time you have left what you want it to be many of you are right there with me in that space others of you it feels a long ways away it's common Um, but God God meets us in those deep places Maybe it's a season of therapy, of, of a time with a professional who does um, care for mental health. Um, no matter how old you are, that can be a, a helpful season of life, but it's a deep place. When you work with someone who helps you understand kind of patterns of your family or patterns of your life that are showing up, maybe messing things up in a given moment, And you need to spend some time kind of getting your hands around what those are because of how you're feeling and how you're coping. And and there's there's newness at at the end of those types of seasons, but they're deep places and they're not easy places. And Jesus says to Simon, let's let's take the boat out. Let's go into the deep waters. 
maybe it's a time of growth in our lives. Growth generally involves some kind of like struggle, right? Um, going to a new school can be a time of growth. Being a, a freshman at a big old high school. Um, can I get an amen, Sasha? Um, that's not an easy space all the time. It can be an energizing space. It can be a terrifying space. Maybe it's not high school. Maybe it's another, a new job or a, uh, whatever, whatever different season of life we're in. But a time of growth can be these deep places where you have this sense of like, oh, there's something more for me to learn. There's something more for me to kind of figure out and sort out. It can be a deep place that, that God might meet us. I, I came away from our membership gatherings as a church these last two Sundays sensing like we're in a, we're in a deep place. We're in a, a place of growth. Um, we're in deep waters. God might have rode us out there. Oh God, we've got this community thing figured out. You don't need to row us out there. But God is with us in that. There's things we can learn and mature in. So Simon kind of mildly objects, which I understand. Um, and there's, there's features of this story that, um, that are so similar to like stories of Moses and stories of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Um, a touch of resistance when God wants to do something new in us in deep waters. And so I guess I want to say to us, you know, just like Simon, for some reason, Simon's willing to go out there, right? I don't know if it's because of all the wine that was made at the wedding, or I don't know if it was because of the teachings had really got him um, from the boat. I don't know if it's because of what he had longed for or, 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 or whatever, but there was some reason that Simon trusted and not only rode his boat out there, but ended up dropping the nets once again. I wonder if there's an invitation for us, if, if we are sensing that we might be resisting kind of a deep place with God, um, a deep place where we need to connect with someone else. Um, if like thinking back over times when God has encountered us in loving and trusting ways um, might, might kind of give us what we need to move into that deep place, trusting that God, God will meet us there. God will meet us there again. So they dropped the nets. They, they got them all dirty again. And their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they filled both boats so full that they were about to sink. And when Simon Peter saw the catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. Peter and those with him were overcome with amazement because of the number of fish they caught. James and John, Zebedee's sons, were Simon's partners, and they were amazed too. God meets us in kind of our day-to-day and the different layers of that. God meets us in these deep places. And in this, in this narrative here, God meets Simon and I think meets us in our abundance. And in this story, God is even bringing about that abundance. Um, 
And this is not, this is not new, right? There's, there's, there's stories of abundance throughout the Gospels. Healings that happen. Um, again, lots of wine that's made out of water. Um, feedings of multitudes happen. Abundance can be a part of our life and often is a part of our life. And God can encounter us there as well. Now, abundance can be tempting, right? can be tempting to think that we brought this abundance about. We made this happen. Like all these great friends I've now made in high school or junior high or wherever. Like I made that happen, right? Um, so there's something, there's something kind of deeper to abundance and encountering God in our abundance that's, that's going on here. It's interesting, right? There's all this just kind of abundance all around. And there's this one little line where Simon says, leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. What is going on there? What's happening in that, in that piece of the story? Perhaps this, this whole experience is bringing some stuff up in him, um, some needed change in his life. Maybe he's just feeling imposter syndrome. Like, how, how could I be out here catching all this fish? How could it be me that the, 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 the nets dropped and, and it just filled up like this? Why wasn't it one of them? Um, maybe it's just humility. I was good at this, but I haven't been able to do this. And yet here, the floodgates of blessing are opening up. Um, and it wasn't by me. So maybe Jesus is kind of confronting Simon in his own um, inadequacies in the very place that he had understood a lot of his identity. Does that make sense? Sometimes we can, we can understand ourselves as, you know, whatever role you want to name, pastor, parent, friend, daughter, son, business person, teacher, you know, what, whatever the that student, whatever the label that we, we want, we, or, or role we happen to be filling in life, we can like, we can connect our, our own sense of self to that in just such strong ways they can be, end up being unhelpful ways and in this encounter Simon is com maybe coming to terms with what, his own inadequacies even in something that he had learned from generation to generation um, and coming to terms with that and seeing that as, as painful as it might be it's, it's surrounded by abundance. It's surrounded by just this beautiful, expansive gift from God. And again, this is, this is a pretty similar scene. Moses, when he's at the burning bush, he had to face this. I can't, can't do that. I can't even speak. Right? Um, Solomon, 
I'm not wise enough. Jeremiah, I'm too young. Um, come into to terms with our own inadequacies um, doesn't disqualify us from God's abundance and God's encounter. And even the things that we think we're best at, we think are connected to who we are and our very identity, even when those things aren't as adequate as we hope, even when you, you fish all day and you get nothing, you just wash nets, even in those spaces where our inadequacies get elevated, God and God's abundance can happen. It's a chill morning. That's probably worth an amen, though, if, if, uh, if it wasn't so chill. So Simon is the only one to talk directly to Jesus here. Jesus only talks directly to Simon. And so Simon says this. Um, he's then overcome with amazement, along with every other, the others. And Jesus um, says to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Presumably, yeah, sinner, maybe, inadequate, maybe, um, uncomfortable having moved to the deep places, maybe, um, the day-to-day is not working like he wanted to work, maybe, but there's this strong presence with him in Christ, and, and that strong presence says, don't be don't be afraid. Suzanne, um, I never can say her right, her name right. Stabile, I think is how it goes. Um, she's like the Enneagram like guru. Okay, so if you if you want to know anything about the Enneagram, you read you read something by Suzanne Stabile. Um, Ari and I, Tiffany was there too, we're at this kind of one-day conference with her. And I didn't know what to expect because Enneagram can be kind of heady. I can get into that a lot and, and real conceptual. And if you don't know what Enneagram is, it's kind of like this way of understanding one's personalities and this idea that there's like nine different personalities roughly and you kind of like find yourself in these, in these personalities. Um, you don't find yourself. You, you learn about yourself. Um, but I, to, my, to my just like pleasant surprise, she is like the most down-to-earth storyteller ever. She's from Texas. She's got a Texas draw. I just judge me or whatever. I wasn't expecting that. And it was just like so refreshing to hear her talk about these, these different kind of conceptual ideas and these like very grounded stories. Just wonderful. I need to be more like her, actually. Um, and she was talking about fear and kind of that, how it can motivate us um, sometimes in kind of helpful survival types of ways, um, but rarely in kind of creative, life-giving ways, life-saving, yes, life-giving, maybe not. Um, and she... She quoted her husband. Now, her husband 
this is a funny part of their story. He was a former Catholic priest before they got married. She swears that their relationship had nothing to do with him not being a priest anymore. But she leaves just enough to make it funny and you kind of wonder. Um, but she talked about him a lot and she said something that he had said that, that, uh, and, and highlighted it in this moment that God can't be anything other than faithful. Now it's big questions about kind of what God allows to happen or cause or, or anything like that. Um, we're, we all Sort, our sorting from time to time in our life do sort um, raises questions about how often do we always feel that faithfulness in the, in the moments that we're in but I think there's something in what Jesus is saying here, don't be afraid God, whether you feel it or not, or the, the inadequacies that Simon might be feeling and just overwhelming him don't need to be afraid because God can't be anything but faithful with you, for you, ahead of you. The last, the last invitation. Um, so where, do, where does God encounter us in our day-to-day? Whether it's what we do or who we're doing it with or kind of how it connects with how we understand ourselves, God can encounter us in those places. The deep waters, the scary waters, the uncomfortable waters. God encounters us there. We want to encourage each other to be able to go there when the time is right and it's needed. Seek out help in those spaces. Open up ourselves to God in those spaces. God can encounter us in our abundance. We don't need to be afraid of abundance. Um, There's things to learn. Sometimes it actually ends up connecting with our our sense of inadequacy. Other times it's it's just being able to be open to the grace of God in abundance and being okay with that. And the invitation is don't be afraid. And then the last invitation that he gives to Simon that day is you're going to catch people. He takes what Simon's every day is. We, we, we've heard, you know, we've, we've read these stories lots. We think about like the metaphor of fishing for people and there's, there's space and, and time for that. Today I want us to just think through, this is like Simon's every day. What you do every day, you're going to do for people. And so I think that, that, for me, that's the invitation today. What, what do you do every day? Run a Jen, I'm going to pick on you. You run a, you run a nonprofit um, for kids in Azusa. Um, it might sound like it'd be really easy to do that for people every day. 
kids. <laughs> not, not always, right? There's budgets to be met and there's, there's staff to be worked with and there's partners to figure out how to partner with and there's all sorts of things that you can, even in a, even in a running a nonprofit for kids, there's temptation to, to forget, oh, this is for people. So, ED for people today. Yeah. Maybe you're in high school, right, Zeke? Can I pick on you, pick on you Zeke? Yeah. Um, and it's real easy to show up to high school or any school and be like, I got to get through this day. I got to do my homework. I got to listen. I got to just take care of what I need to take care of. And, and maybe the invitation today is be a student for people today, uh, for friends today. Here comes the people. <laughs> Whatever you do in your day to day, there's an invitation here to, to be reminded that as we encounter God and experience God in these spaces, whether we're teaching or running a business or working with kids, our own or others, or hustling to my, try to just make things meet, the ends meet. Um, we might even encounter God as we, as we do these things uh, for people. Amen. Amen.